0: Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. This is Season 8, Episode 58. I'm your co-host, Key.
1: And I'm your co-host, Coach P. We are really
0: excited about today's show. We have a special guest in the studio with us today. He's an up-and-coming painter and designer taking the art world by storm. Not only is he a super talented painter, he dabbles in just about all mediums from visual designs to body art.
1: His distinct Afrofuturist style has blessed the art scene around the world, and he was recently featured on the Shade Room for his dope reversible paintings. Yes, we said reversible paintings. Shout How sweet! Shade Room. Hey, for real. <laughs> 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 we'd like to welcome to the show the one and only Michael Mad King Temple. Welcome, 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 welcome.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you for having <laughs> me on the show. and Bringing me all the way out here to Brooklyn from Houston.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a major major like distance away. So we're really happy that you. Found some time in your busy schedule to come bless the show, and we're really excited about this interview. Thank you, thank you. So I think we just jump right into Thanks. it. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and how that's influenced your art career?
2: Man, so uh, with my upbringing, I didn't probably experienced a lot of different backgrounds. Uh, being half black and half white, I got to again experience. Quite a different backgrounds, everything from the rich and poor in between. He uh, got to experience a lot of culture. Okay. He got to experience America as well at the same time.
1: I can imagine.
2: Um, <laughs> but a lot of this has influenced me in my career just because my father, growing up, um, while he was in prison, he did a lot of drawings. Yeah, uh, He was a great drawer. You know just one of the best that I thought growing up, okay, and it kind of just pushed me to always want to draw you know as a kid and whatnot, even being innovative, taking things apart and trying to put something together, kind of helped me stay creative all throughout my upbringing, whether it was being in sports or even being in cooking uh into finally taking the the right approach of actually being a full-time artist definitely had a lot of uh appreciation and uh influence from my mom and my dad just Mm -hmm. because they they weren't the true artists but they were very creative
1: okay that's pretty good i like that Mm kind of leads right into our second question which was i wanted you to describe for our fans what does it mean to be afrofuturist and having that style and kind of speak to how having that duality, having a black and white side to you, how's that like reflected in your work?
2: So, being an Afrofuturist, an Afrofuturist artist, really I was just taking pride in my culture. Mm-hmm. Um, again, being able to experience different backgrounds and cultures growing up. When I went to college, I got to. Really experienced my culture. Um, I was away from home. I was in California, San Diego. Oh. What uh, college was that? San Diego State University. Oh, okay. I was in the black community, and I was looking at the black community on campus as a second family away from home, just oh, because nice. I didn't have any family or friends out of state. Okay. And in that that whole time, I just kind of really appreciated the culture and even some of the classes that kind of opened up my eyes to, like, different meanings or even the psychology of the way we think or even the circumstances that we're put in and the reason why we're put in them.
0: Sounds like a sociology class. (laughs) (laughs) That (laughs) That was one of my majors.
2: (laughs) Africana studies definitely... Okay, uh, that as well. uh, Enlightened me to the world that we live in and also the history that we come from. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Being an Afrofuturist... Uh, well, let me tell you what Afrofuturism is in the first place. Afrofuturism is pretty much anything creative uh, in a sense of nonfiction or fantasy to give light to Africana diaspora uh, okay. through history. Mm-hmm. So it can be, again, sci-fi, it can be fantasy, but it's usually created by someone of African descent yeah, in a sense to expand Mm-hmm. Uh, a concept, or even the meaning, in a different perspective—that way is creatively seen. Yeah. Uh. So, being Afrofuturist style, when you look at pictures all throughout the world, or even growing up as a yeah. child, a lot of those images were European images, right? Yes, yeah. definitely. So, so that's a, I say, uh, that's a mental. Play right there, yeah, hundred percent. So you you take appreciation to any, everything your centric, even your centric standards of beauty. Yes. So me personally, I like to create images of afrocentric uh embodiment. That way, people can appreciate where they're coming from. And like, oh, hey, I could do that. That could be me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right my color looks, my skin looks so so good. Yeah. My hair is just so beautiful. Yeah. Black yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. Type of sense. You know, it doesn't have to be in the sense of a mugshot or the way media really wants yeah. us to be portrayed, uh-huh. you know. And like I said, I try to enlighten different ways for us to be viewed. So even taking a classic figure that might be perceived as Eurocentric, like Father Time, mm-hmm. I've I've created pieces that were Afrocentric. So I pretty much would just turn the, the character black, Yeah. you know and make them whatever. And that will yeah. be the
0: standard of beauty.
2: Exactly. That's so, awesome. Very interesting. I think that's really important, especially
1: because, um, like you said, a lot of what we see in history is based on European history, and they will sometimes take images, like, even in the movies, they'll depict Egyptians as right. white people exactly. when yeah. that's not the case. Yeah. And that's
2: one of the biggest forms of teaching is imagery. Right. Yeah. You know, when guy goes... Way back to the again the Egyptians hieroglyphics, yeah. imagery. So, when you take an imagery and you're teaching people these images, just like how they portray Jesus, but yeah. the description of Jesus yeah. is not the same, yeah. <laughs> that, it'll, it'll you know? match valid. up. So, yeah, again, it's, you you put these images in people's mind, they're either going to love themselves more or they're going to like, Man, I wish I was like yeah. that, yeah. you know.
0: I'm glad you spoke to um, basically getting enlightened through school Africana studies. I have the same thing with me too. I basically had an awakening. I attended Syracuse University and I had taken a lot of courses pertaining to that and I had like a moment where it was like, where was all of this information throughout my whole life? Like slavery was like a little chapter in a book and they enjoyed it from what I understood but then when I got exposed to Frederick Douglass narrative and I was like whoa, that really woke me up on another level where it's like you can't know what you know right and how did that really change who you became and like the things that you learned how did you um internalize all of that being that you're biracial
2: so in the sense of awareness of being black they ha- they say there's like five different stages you either you're aware like you're not aware of like you know this is just what you live in the world that you live in yeah and then it's like okay okay and then it's like you get to a point it's like mm, fuck white
0: people
2: <laughs> <laughs> then you're like all right now they-
0: all the stage. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like it's oh,
2: like okay no it's like they cool and then it's they like cool, yeah. it's like having like uh, a <laughs> appreciation of uh like black excellence it's not it's yes. not like that you don't like white culture it's just like you have appreciation more towards your culture. Yes. Right. It's, it's nothing, it's not no type of racism or yeah. anything. It's just more of appreciation towards your culture. Uh-huh. Right. Kind of like
1: what Black Lives Matter is not saying other lives don't matter, but right. we're just making Making it. sure that yeah. our lives do matter because they're right.
2: the ones that are, you know, pushed aside very easily, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to injustices. Yeah. When you said the different stages, I instantly went from the
1: lowest level is the sunken place, <laughs> and the top level oh, yeah. is woke. woke. no, exactly. So when That's I came, exactly what it is, and
2: somewhere between. When I came back to Houston from uh, San Diego, I was teaching some art classes at Painting with a Twist, and I'm like I was telling them a little bit about my, they're like, "Oh, you woke." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, what is that?" I was like, <laughs> said, what, is that? What, is that? "What is that?" I was like, "Oh, you just very aware and very conscious of your culture." I was like, yeah. "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." yeah. I like, "You know, I got a degree at that." I was like, "Yeah."
1: Yeah, you know, everybody should be aware of their culture. I, I can't front. I was definitely in the sunken plus. I talk about this all the time, maybe Facts. for about like three years ago. Facts. I knew there was racism and things like that in the world, but then I watched this documentary called Hidden Colors mm. and I just like binged it. And I was just like, bruh, are you serious? I didn't realize how deep rooted it was and how like crazy institutionalized racism is. So. That was my awakening. After I watched that documentary, It literally changed my life. It I made... got
2: to meet with uh, Dr. Umar Johnson a few times. Oh wow! Sweet. Yeah, he's wow. a he's definitely an eye opener cat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very powerful dude. Powerful speaker. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Um. So, as an artist, how do you define success, and what quality or characteristics do you feel is essential to success as an artist?
2: Uh. Hmm. So, when you say success as an artist. We're we talking about an artist who you're you're like known as an artist, or is it like you do art as a kind of like a hobby? Because you can be a successful hobbyist, you know. Yeah. But as far as becoming a successful professional artist, you know, I think there's definitely milestones that you have to hit. Okay. Um, and there's all kind of aspects that you have to hit. You know, being a successful artist, your CV is like: where have you shown at? Who have you sold to? Yeah. Who has your collection? Uh, it's not even sometimes about the price that you're selling at, because you can sell pieces at a high price. You can sell one high piece, and then everything else just be low. Yeah. But I think it's also that plays in that uh uh ah demand, the demand, the demand, the demand. You got it. Demand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the man? Okay. Would it, uh, People if want your stuff. Get it at that price exactly. Point. Yeah. So, with the price of demand, like, is the demand for your pieces higher? The quality of your pieces? There's a lot of little factors that go into being a successful artist. But, me personally, you know, when I look at successful artists in our day and age, like Takashi Murakami or Kaz or even Ryan English, these are artists that are getting paid like they're dead artists, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. The sense of dead artists and being paid like that, that's something for the ages. Yeah. Because we live in an, an age of technology, mm-hmm. you have to market yourself and you have to have merchandise. Yeah. Uh, whether it be smaller prints of your pieces that are embellished uniquely, or even sculptures. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to have, like I said, a lot of different aspects to plan to being a successful artist because you know a lot of people want to draw a lot of people paint and they're you know it's a hobby like yeah. they like doing it uh but there's those ones who are who set you apart and that one thing that sets you apart is being business orientated okay yeah um i initially went to school for business finance okay. oh wow nice after one semester i was like nah <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't woken up i was like nah i, was <laughs> like, like, nah, I can't bruh. do this I'm, I'm too passionate about <laughs> I like i like to cook i like to do things with my hands yeah so you know they'll teach you all this, the technical skills mm-hmm. in school. You know of all the old masters, um, but they don't teach you how to market yourself. Yeah. They don't teach you the business aspects of being an artist, where you have an image. You may want to make pins out of it. You may want to make stickers out of it, or again prints. You know, yeah. just different ways to merchandise yourself. Uh, and as an artist, you're a brand. You know, it's not just the artwork. Cause sometimes they don't really care about what you make, but who's making it? Yeah, you man, know, because so you got true. Chris Brown. Chris Brown's a hot commodity. He's a hot artist. Yeah. Not only as a singer, He's but talented. he is very talented yeah. as a painter. Oh, I didn't know that. No, yeah, your bro is, is cold. Oh. His
3: stuff is like really. It's very. He, interesting. he does a
2: lot of like spray paint he does murals, a lot of that. but bro yeah. is real cold. So you know, you might have something like of his, like like oh snap, it's Chris Brown. He made this, like yeah. boom, you know. So. Again it kind of comes with being a successful artist like what have you done who have you done it for um, how are you pushing your stuff like marketing it and are you a commodity are you a luxury you know what I'm saying or is you something to invest in yeah. I try to look at it as I want to be Apple Google Amazon from the garage you're gonna invest now and get paid off later yeah or are you're gonna miss this this yeah. wave yeah. You know. yeah true
0: so what do you define yourself as now
2: i would like to say i'm an emerging hot artist uh i could say established but to me established is having some contracts mm-hmm. with some some big people yeah which i'm working on now i mean i've shown in some big places like art Basel. um yeah. shown in different states uh been published
3: mm-hmm.
2: let's see i've been on tv i've been yeah. on the radio yeah so i mean in the sense of what makes you successful i think again it's how you end up in the long run like mm-hmm. you might be hot today yeah but are you gonna be hot later on like yeah. Jay Cole says like a lot of people are making art like that of cartooning and a lot of animation work like, mm-hmm. that's the real popular style that's going on today is yeah. animations and yeah. pop.
0: Interestingly enough, yeah. So with that.
2: how long is that going to last, though? Yeah. True. Me, personally, I like creating pieces of iconic characters or even things from art history, things that have been known and yeah. in incorporating pop culture of today mm. with that known figure. Yeah. yeah. So something that's going to last, you know? Yeah. You know, anything can be created hot today, like my sequence pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, i don't want to speak <laughs> negative on those but those are very fresh to me you know? yeah. i can't say how long those will last you know those are very hot they can, they're gonna pop me out there they're gonna get me yeah you know that type of exposure but my real paintings are the ones that are gonna
1: last okay oh, that's really interesting hearing that from your perspective yeah and i think like jay-z talks about that as well too like People will switch up their style type of music that they put out there just to stick with the wave and kind of be relevant. But when you're true to what you're actually creating, you're going to have that longevity because you're not worrying about the cycle. You you know what your vision is. You have like that steady focus that you're in. Steady
2: focus, at the same time, adaptiveness. Exactly. Because you have to adapt... With anything yeah, in this, this world, as Darwin says, the strongest survive. So if you don't adapt to your surroundings or even the time, then yeah. you're just gonna mm-hmm. go away. 100% like my true. man J. Cole. He didn't study the greats and watched them pave. Mm-hmm. He's copying their cadence because he's the greatest right now. That's exactly <laughs> what I do. Facts. I study all these greats. I study I'm talking about the greats like mm-hmm. Picasso. I'm not talking about the pop artists of the nineteenth century, but I'm talking about the great artists of the seventeenth century, eighteenth uh-huh. century, the ones who have shown those technical skills of anatomy. Lighting, shadows, uh, you know, even with the elegance of anything that they put into it. You know, you have a lot of your artists who aren't technically trained. They just kind of see what's popular or what was popular in this day and age, even the 19th centuries. Like Andy Warhol, he does a lot of uh, screen printing. Mm-hmm. The same image, just different colorway. Yeah. You know, that's very popular. Stencil work, it's nice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But what are you going to add to it? Me personally, I know I have a Midas touch. Anything that I touch, it's going to turn to gold. <laughs> I call myself the golden goose. Ooh, I'm always laying gold I like laying, it. Yeah. I with like
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of when you were talking about pricing and everything of that nature, how do you set the pricing of your paintings and stuff like that? What goes into play of that? You talk about quality.
2: Right. Yeah. So that demand, that supply and demand, you know, that plays a big factor mm-hmm. of what pricing is. Right now, my supply uh is low but my demand is high okay you feel me because people are saying like man i want that i want that I want yeah. that that's taking up my time so you're either gonna pay this price yeah for this piece that nobody else can do yeah or you're gonna move around yeah. okay so i try personally to be financially diverse to all my uh customers yeah whether i'm creating 60 dollar canvas prints mm-hmm. that are embellished one of one or i'm creating sequence pieces that are four feet by six feet for a couple thousand yeah so i try to be diverse for everybody that way you know there's something for somebody okay. um uh, as far as the pricing i get there's a lot of factors that go into pricing mm-hmm. it's do you have an educational background to go with it the time that you put into the piece The materials that you put into the piece, the quality finish that you have on the piece as well, again, uh, on that supply and demand. And then the composition itself, is it different than everybody else's or is it still kind of in that same, you know, realm that everybody else is doing? Yeah. So you have to take into a couple of different factors. And again, that's the whole business minded sense. Like, how do you know where to start? You can base it off other artists. Yeah. Yeah that have maybe similar work to you and if you're like maybe kind of new to it you have to see what other artists are doing you have to see where they have shown okay uh and who they have sold to mm-hmm. to kind of like come up with these basics i know at first i was following an artist her name was Brianya james mm-hmm. she's also a houston known artist God tie so, artist okay she's very big um so I, I looked at her her little price sheet that she had and i was kind of like basing my stuff off her price sheet, like. I know I can do this, and I know I can do that, and, yeah. you know. And it just really just takes about, you know, time and the persistence, where you're showing and mm-hmm. who you're showing to. Me personally, I don't like to do a lot of pop-ups because yeah. I know the audience is pretty young and the pockets are thin. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like to do gallery shows because I know the audience has money to spend. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, if I do do pop-up shows, I, I'm bringing products for those individuals like prints and things that are like maybe 300 and lower so people can just mm, I want that walk around with that.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. So it's, a,
2: it's kind of like a you got to test it. You know, you don't want to like keep raising your prices because you think you're hot right now but at the same time you don't want to like you know, lower your prices your standards because you could say a high price you know? and yeah. somebody's going to like oh maybe if you do it for this but alright, you know, you cool with that. Yeah. You know, but you don't ever want to really lower yourself because some... These sequence pieces that I've been selling them for like people like man really like give me really, like, two and in in like like
0: that's too much really? that's too like, like it's low. too low oh like oh.
2: like oh. like why? uh sunny digital hit me up he's like <laughs> he's like bro for real I was like all right no nah, yeah go ahead and throw me that john like Warren Sapp hit me up too for one I'm just like yeah, it's, it's, it's this much a reason why I kind of say that again because this is a new item to me this is new to the you know, the market, you know, yeah. you're playing with art that you can touch. That's okay. not something that's very common, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to take into the factors of abrasive, uh, you know, touch, like how many times people touching it. Yeah. I got to kind of test it, you know, throughout the year Okay. of uh, of having hundreds of people doing it, Yeah. and it's being in Wynwood, having thousands of people doing it, mm-hmm. and still see the piece.
1: Still holding up. Still, right? still holding yeah. up. Okay. And not,
2: you know, people not knowing how hard or soft that you, like, need to be with the piece or, you know, they just wilding on it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so what's your favorite medium or surfaces that you like to work with? Because you've done stuff on clothing, body art, reversible painting sequence. Like, you've done it all. What What do you, know, you enjoy? Man,
2: so being an artist and being an innovative artist mm-hmm. at that is always pushing the boundary of what is the canvas? Yeah. What's wall art, you know? So... I like everything that's different from faux brick, faux leather, faux snake skin, faux alligator skin. Yeah. Things that are just different mm-hmm. in general and also going to set my art apart. So, you see some snake skin canvas hanging on the wall. It's yeah. like, hold up. And then you're looking at it like, it's and a then you, you, you you see it, oh, that's real snake skin. That's texting, and then people want to touch it yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So, again, it's, it's just trying to find different ways uh to like push yourself in a different manner in a niche i'm trying Mm -hmm. to find as many niches as possible Mm. and really it's just the canvas itself what kind of canvas can i paint on to make it differently you know i'm always trying to come up with different things whether you know there's people who already paint on mirrors and stuff you know that's that i can't say right now but there's some things i want to do Mm. you know that's in the similar lines of reflective art um I'm get, I'm just,
1: my mind is racing to see what yeah. you're going to come up with. Yeah. Bumps, nah, yeah. <laughs> I can't i to say that. Yeah, I can't say everything. Sometimes. <laughs> on uh, a secret, secret. G's on moving,
2: a low low. G's moving silent. I need facts. You have to. Personally, lately, uh, I do like working on skin, though. Like, not human skin, but, like, uh, different skins. Like, animal skins. Those are, like. Okay. Especially to see it stretched on the canvas It's just like, wow. It's different. You can even just leave it by itself, not even nothing painted on it. Yeah. And just seeing it hanging by itself is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Luxury style to it. That's
0: cool. I'm glad that you shared that with us. And um, speaking of, I know you can't share too much, but if you can, just a little bit for our listeners, what are some upcoming projects you're working on or events that you'll be a part of that you can share?
2: All right. Well, for all my people that are in Houston or even in Texas in general, uh anybody who's out there for south by southwest this weekend mm. i will be out there on saturday doing anything fest about ten thousand people coming out turning up all day sipping out henny so you already know what's gonna go <laughs> down <laughs> you feel I me have a little taste of honey Brown uh, girls like they brown liquor okay. exactly <laughs> so that's this month um
0: is that your first time attending that event i
2: actually did it with them last year okay uh in houston what and is it ha- like the the festival or, like... in
0: The festival. And, and as an artist, how do you feel in that just, arena?
2: think of it as a, you know, a HBCU. Okay. I, I oh, know, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those. Because you got, you got your line steppers in out there. Okay. You know, so they, it's, it's, it's the South, so...
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a given. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you,
2: you got, the, you know, the type of music that's out there, yeah. too. So it's already... Yeah, okay. Well, it's how lit. do you...
0: I mean, 10,000 people, that's a lot. That's a lot right. of energies. And we're really big on energies here, more so me than beer. But how do you, like, thrive in that space? Because that's a lot of people coming up to you and stuff, I'm sure, and have questions. And, like, how do you get by being in those arenas and stuff like that?
2: Uh, honestly, like, I, I don't pay any mind at all. Like, okay. Like, I can have, like, hundreds of people watching me and stuff. I can have somebody while I'm working on a piece come zoom in with their camera on my finger like literally put the camera yeah. on my finger just to see exactly what i'm doing i'm not bothered at all like i won't even turn around to acknowledge the crowd okay you know i'll just kind of keep doing what i'm doing yeah you know once i'm taking a break, you know i might you know dance a little just to get people like i'm i'm pretty much a hype man artist i ain't gonna yeah. lie. yeah you know what I'm I'll buy the mellowness. Yes, So yes. i try to. <laughs> i try to keep the energy going you know yeah if it's drinks in the area, you know anything, anything that's gonna keep me going, it's really just the music. And, okay. You know, I'm,
0: okay,
2: crowds is nothing to me. Yeah. And I have a uh, plans to like work on some like really large crowds or where if I can set up a venue of like theaters, have myself projected while I'm working on. Them. Sweet. Yeah. That, be, that's that is
0: dope. Yeah. That's really dope. I think that's something different.
2: Yeah, and that's that's just for Houston and this month. Next month, some more Houston stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. This 420 Music Art Festival, which is on, I guess, 420.
3: Shout out to those celebrating 420,
0: right? <laughs> and all my
2: uh, crawfish lovers, if you're in Houston, we got a Nola Boil that'll be doing some live art as well. Okay. Uh, so you know Nola boil yeah so it's got that it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's gonna be lit it's and then be lit. Uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the month there's a market it's called the black houston market they have nothing but black vendors and they have one featured artist okay. each month uh i was with them last year they got me on the tv to like just kind of like show people what i'm doing mm-hmm. yeah. so this this year i'll just be having like a whole kind of segment for myself and then at the end of april i'll be coming back out to New York, Brooklyn, uh, with the Brooklyn Beer Garden with their opening up in Bushwick.
0: I hope y'all keeping tabs of all of this stuff he gonna yeah, be doing.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely put it in the show notes. Yeah, put that in the show notes so everyone could follow you and make sure. <laughs> it.
2: And then uh, later that month, thinking maybe in May, I'll be at the Williams Bell vale, uh, in Williamsburg with a solo show. Okay. And then anybody overseas, if you're in June. Uh, Switzerland, Basel I'll be out there 13th to the 16th And then in London I'll be out there From the 19th to the 21st And then probably back out here in New York For some shows And Philly I'll see y'all out in August At the end of the month Back to New York uh, For Fashion Week In September and then uh, to Costa Rica in October, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and the back to Wynwood <laughs> in Miami in December.
1: Damn, keep wow. <laughs> working, yeah,
2: man. Twenty nineteen 2019 in the bag already.
1: I heard you. So
0: speaking of, since you gave us like a whole rundown of what you got coming up, so keep tabs of that. Make sure what is your schedule like day to day?
2: Man, so I people probably like think when they looking at my IG stories, like man, this. Food. <laughs> it's a fool is a fool just cutting up just cutting up all over the place cut- <laughs> so country. you know so but on the real though like i get up like super early like sometimes five six it depends on really when i go to sleep on the average i get probably three to five hours of sleep each day uh if i do sleep i try not to sleep like not sleep over two days just because my eyes start playing with me and it's not, uh, it's not safe okay. in the sense of uh, driving. Okay. Oh, y-
1: you sometimes stay up for two days just working?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. So sometimes, yeah, I wish I'd be having all like, Man, I wish I was on Mars or something. Like I could have some more hours <laughs> of the day or something. Like, you know, where the, where's my clones at? You know, I need y'all to do this. Yeah. Uh, but in the sense, like, when you're thinking of an artist, like, full-time artist, like, man, he's just home all day, pain. Like, man, that must just be the life. No, it's not. It's not. That's not what I just do. Trust me. Um, Typically, I'll get up early in the morning, start painting. And by the time it's like 11-ish, that's when I start running errands where if I have to drop off any packages, pick up any supplies, come in with any clients, uh, marketing, Facebook posts, Instagram posts, reaching out again to anybody else. And this can last from, like, 11 to 12 all the way to, like, 3 to 4 is when I'll try to take care of all my errands. That Mm -hmm. way I'm not in that traffic, Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. like, 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, I might grab something to eat, but Mm -hmm. I'm right back to it working all the way to either 12, 2, 3. And if I go to sleep, like, at 8 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night, I'm going to be up at 2 o'clock in the morning it's it's not a oh let me look at my clock see what time it is like once you didn't looked at your phone you need to get up yeah it's not let me just wait to these next or wait to the alarm it's not none yeah. of that it's uh it's yeah. a lot of self-discipline and a lot of sacrifice because i don't go out often or I, I really don't have too much company either Aww. yeah lonely <laughs> It's a lonely life sometimes. So for the
1: ladies out there listening, I'm assuming yeah. you're single though. Just slide though. in the deal yeah,
2: no. real quick. Yeah, twerk, I might, ent- I might entertain your conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for a lady, for the most part, if they're like in my environment, they're typically, I'm not really giving them too much attention. They might just oh, be watching so me not work. not a priority. No, never.
0: I, I could, and when will they be? Uh, Hold on uh, for uh, the next question. For you. <laughs> 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 you just got to get to the nitty gritty yeah, It'd be I'm hard
2: sometimes. Look like, look like, trust me, I'd be like, man. I'd be like, I'm i want, want someone i can just like ah, like cuddle with I mean and, you know it's of, like talk, talk, to, talk to you yeah, know what i'm saying like all the good vibes and stuff because only person i can really talk to right now is my dog so i just be like she talk, Aww. but i talk for her you <laughs> know i talk back <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's sometimes having an understanding like i yeah, having good friends uh but at the same time i'm an artist i don't have a you know financial stability you know what I'm saying I don't want to put nobody in that position where they have to support me yeah you know what I mean so I'm very consciously aware and a lot of the women that I do admire are very success driven I wouldn't even say success driven they're just on their stuff yeah you know what I'm saying it's just like you know I don't want to be anything that's less than what you expect you know if you're taking trips to Europe I want to be able to take trips to Europe, but I also want to be able to pay for myself at the same time. Yeah. I don't want you to have to, like, take care of me any type of way. You know, if I, if you understand that, you know, sometimes that I might have a slower one or two months, you know, just believe that I'm always going to pick up where I can't, you know, pro, you know provide, Final you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, So okay. trying to find that type of female that understands that thing and also –
0: but have you communicated that, too,
2: though? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's <Yeah. laughs> a I, I, I communicated, you know what I'm saying? like I communicated to who I think, you know, would be mm-hmm. appropriate for the, you know, the okay. situation.
1: Honestly, I think you're doing it right. You're literally, and I'm getting motivated by what you're saying. You're just focused because the women, that's going to come right. when it comes. But you you're grinding right now, like. That's no understatement.
2: And I feel like you gotta struggle. Like you know, I heard somebody say this there's three true. stages of life. Like the first stage is like you just kind of take in what life gives you. Mm-hmm. And that second stage is like you realize like, no, I want more than this. And then you have to kind of go through that struggle and that pain to get to that next level. And it's like that third level is like victory. It's like yes, yeah, yeah. This is, this is what I've been waiting for. This mm-hmm. Is this is this is my time type yeah. stuff. So again. I study greats, and I study people in general. So when I say I study people, I, I study what they sacrifice. I study their discipline you know, and okay. their work ethic, not just about what they do, but actually how they do things. Yeah. yeah, you know that they're putting in all these hours. You know, if I heard interviews with Beyonce, she you know she's been on in the studio or on the set for so long, and she'll forget to eat. That whole phrase, uh, "starving artist." Yeah, it's not because we broke; it's because we're so busy yeah. not even knowing that we need to eat like oh did i eat like yeah. me personally like i I'm, i love food mm-hmm. <laughs> good quality food <laughs> yeah. not boo not my yeah. no boo yeah. Yeah. so if i can't get my good quality like i prefer to drink my food okay because i can keep moving and grooving yeah, yeah. i um, understand you know a smoothie is great Mm-hmm. Anything else, if I got to take time to actually sit down and eat, man, I'm wasting time. I'm wasting time. You know, I'm like every second of the day, even the time it takes me to to roll up something Yeah. and put it in the air. And that takes time, too. I, but <laughs> even in that process, that's the time I take kind of to myself to recollect and, you know, put my thoughts into process and slow them down because my thoughts are always moving at a million thousand dollars million miles per hour. Yeah. And I try to th- do different things so I can mm-hmm. have more mental control of what I need to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let you guys know about <laughs> what sometimes I do to help me. I'm pretty sure that Go comes ahead. up in the question. Like sometimes I do psychedelics, mm-hmm. um, like shrooms or even LSD. Yeah, And I don't do them to trip. I do them to really enhance myself Mm. and tune myself to my surroundings the abilities that i can you know create Mm -hmm. um sounds phrases like i can hear somebody say one thing i'm like that's a picture right there you know Mm. what i'm saying okay so or even textures like when i'm on lsd i see certain textures i'm like man i want to create that texture for a painting because typically really all my art is trips Without you having to trip on it. You wanna start that tripping on my paintings, then you really gonna see some stuff in my art. Cause there's so many layers in my art. And it really is based, so it's made sure. for you really you don't have to trip. To buy your whole collection, yeah. <laughs> no,
3: yeah,
1: I, I'm, in my mind, I'm just like, yo, I can't wait to go back and re-listen to this episode because you've honestly yeah. just been dropping gems from the, from Dream the beginning. Dream dropper. And, and like, <laughs> and just, just watching your Instagram stories, like, yeah. I, I'm just seeing that duality. You could just be so, like, playing around, funny, but then just kind of h- hearing you talk now about all the work, the sacrifice, the discipline mm-hmm. is just amazing stuff. And, we actually did an episode where, um, so we have a segment called Coach P dropping gems, right. and we talked about shrooms and mm. different types of mushrooms, and that's one of the things we actually talked Damn. about with psychedelic mushrooms and how people use it to kind of like open up their consciousness. A and lot like, of your,
2: your mainstream artists, you know, do psychedelics. J. Cole does psychedelics. Kiss mm-hmm. on Drugs, mm-hmm. you know, that all—all all yeah. those videos are pretty much. Would be, yeah. You know, yeah. Janelle <laughs> Monae, who is an Afrofuturist artist yeah. as well, she has a song called Shrooms. Mm-hmm. So, there's mm-hmm. a lot of your your conscious artists are very in tune with psychedelics, just because even some of your rich, uh, technical creators like Steve Jobs mm-hmm. was also in tune with psychedelics. You mm-hmm. know, Salvador Dali artists. Yeah. You know, people who want to be more in tune to create and enhance things uh i think psychedelics allows you to to really pierce behind the curtain yeah you know uh-huh. and see kind of like what you can draw from it like me personally <laughs> when i do take these psychedelics i don't take them to a level where i'm like man just <laughs> yeah i take it to to microdose on it yeah. so i'm still okay. like super adherent but at the same time you know it might be something very small that that changed the whole perspective of something yeah um I, I may have
1: a mushroom at at the crib just waiting for a special day you to, know like to, the to, movie uh pierce behind the curtain the movie
2: uh limitless <laughs> yeah uh-huh. so see how that drug right there just was nothing but enhancement mm-hmm. see i tell people don't don't do drugs just know how to do drugs facts you know what i'm saying like facts if you know how to do these things especially like even cocaine when it was a a highly used medical you know source uh it started being used for different purposes Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying once you know how to use certain substances that are meant to be beneficial uh you can elevate yourself in all kind of manners that's wow I I like that I'm
0: glad you spoke to that and speaking of since that ties into essentially your downtime what other things do you do aside from that for your downtime
2: man so when it comes to downtime I say sometimes yeah it's like (laughs) I don't even really have downtime like I said the downtime I do use is so if I'm like stepping away from a painting yeah like I said that downtime is either me on Instagram trying to market something or look at some inspiration or looking back at the piece that i'm working at to see where i should go from there or yeah. something needs to be changed uh like i said that downtime is is always used for uh pushing myself forward to enhance something somewhere whether it's the business side the artistic side or the relationship side to clients and customers or you know new business.
1: Nice. I actually just saw a post by this dude. Um, His name is Uh B.Motivated. And he said, what if you got $86,000 deposited into your bank account every day? And if you don't spend the money at the end of the day, you just lose it. Like people would find ways to make sure they're spending that money so they Mm -hmm. don't waste it. And he was like, you have to think about your time in the same way. Each day you get 24 hours. So how are you going to take advantage of each every single minute and second in the day so that once the day's over you can't get that back. Time It's right. yeah. like the most scarce commodity. So
2: So it's all about investment then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how are you investing in yourself? Exactly. Mm-hmm. What are you investing how are you investing your time, your energy, your creativity, all that. It's all about the investment of oneself. You know, you can even invest in somebody else to invest in yourself as mm-hmm. well. Very true. This is true. So
1: it. Bro, you need to have motivational speaking to your head. Oh, nice. No. So, um, he's probably working <laughs> yes,
0: on that. Yes, speaker, you know, of course. You know what I'm saying? He's probably working on that. And speaking of, since we're on the topic of downtime, so we talk about self-care a lot on our show. What methods have you tried to promote balance in your life, i.e. meditation, yoga, journal writing? Man. Playing with your dog.
2: I definitely play with my <laughs> dog. Oh, God. Like, I be messing with her a lot she's like five years old <laughs> mm-hmm. she, be out, she has a lot of energy sometimes okay, when I she read. wants to. she's a uh, bull boxer staff so like half uh, pit half boxer oh, okay. with a brendel coat mm-hmm. uh, her name's Khaleesi Okay. Hey. Yeah, and get me get me thones fan. <laughs> next, next,
1: <laughs> next month is back. You it's know what
2: I'm saying? Lit. That's why I'm the Mad King. you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <A> full circle. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then one of my uh projects is uh the many faced goats. Wow. So I have a series that I do that so well, often. You're the dedicated. <laughs> you're That's dedicated. Crazy. Uh but yeah, that mm-hmm. uh that downtime. It's really no downtime when you're trying to uplift yourself.
0: Well, self-care more so. Well,
2: yeah, well, I'd be worried about myself with self-care. The reason I reason I'm worried about myself with self-care is because I do study people. Okay. Um, I look up things as well. I do a lot of self-research. And One of the qualities, I'm not saying I'm a genius, <laughs> but one of the qualities of a genius is lack of self-care. It's uh, lack of interaction with people just because sometimes low frequencies of intelligence can be a bother. Uh,
0: I like where this is going. Like, he's just everything right. Continue. I'm not just saying it because you're but I'm, like, literally God.
2: So when, when it comes to, like, self-care or even mental health, I don't see things as a disability. Like, as Kanye says, it's a superpower. When people talk about people being on the spectrum of autism, They have no idea how intelligent they are. They are on a beautiful minds Mm -hmm. level. If you don't understand that, then you're going to think that it's a disability. Yeah, Yeah.
3: but it's not. It's not. It's just a different
2: way of communicating and seeing the world. Uh, So, like I said, some things as far as mentally, I don't see it as a disability, but I do worry about myself sometimes just because the lack of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, the lack of sleep plays into it. Uh, the lack of sometimes interaction. I do talk to myself a lot. I wouldn't I say That's we all crazy, in a sense. Uh, I say, I think sometimes the way people see me in my process, yeah, it's very like beautiful to them because mm-hmm. they can see me just like in the gaze, in my own world, just yeah where I calculate things. Um, One thing it worries me about just because the mental health that follows prior to me is my mom and my my father. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mom kind of has depression. Uh, And I've had depression, you know. And then my dad has depression. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he's not mentally strong enough to put himself through this society Yeah. uh being a black man that who served as well
3: mm-hmm.
2: and served not only in the military but also served in prison
0: yeah
2: uh that's the only thing i really worry about but i take guidance from my, my grandfather okay. with the same zodiac and what kind of
3: sign
2: scorpio oh okay yeah yesterday. People, and we you know say we, we crazy but we're very uh mentally aware they say we make very good psychologists yeah
0: Yeah, all make a lot of good things yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true that's
2: that's true
3: uh,
2: <laughs> i mean so as far as my mental health i say so i try to like smoking definitely helps me like get throughout the day i don't really like to drink mm-hmm. um just because i feel like that's one of the only substances that i can't Control the after effects. I can take as much as I want, if, you know, other things, but you, you take too much alcohol, you got to hang you over it. control there.
0: smoking though? Like, if yeah. you get some good strand of weed, you can no,
2: control no, no, not to, that shit. I'm like, that shit, not about to pass me out. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm, that, <laughs> I can smoke, go to the gym, smoke, go to work, smoke, oh, start oh, painting. Oh, yeah, okay. I can smoke, drive in traffic. Like, that's, yeah. It's a, it's a pusher for me. Okay. But, okay. Uh, okay. I do, like I said, the LSD, that does help me. Yeah. And I have to like, worry about depression, like the things that you have to like, that go through your mind, it's a, uh, I would say, it's definitely a journey. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It's, with any journey, there's a struggle, you know, it's, it's a, it's a journey. what I'm saying nothing's easy in Mm -hmm. a journey. Um, it helps you realize different things, you know, things that you may think or somebody thinks about you or how the world perceives things. Uh, you have that different perception. It's just like, yeah, why? Like, why would you even think of stuff like that? Like, why mm-hmm. even put yourself in that type of manner? Like, just keep doing what you're doing. Stay focused. Yeah. That type of stuff. I mean, but, in the, again, in this world that we live in, Mental health is is more of awareness. Yeah, you know, it's just like, like, what are you doing? You know, to put yourself in this position, like, and that's the thing is like, being an artist, a full time artist, it is very, very stressful. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's stressful. Like, there'll be sometimes I'd be like, yo, well, I can just just got done with a meeting and my eyes just start watering on some stuff like just because like it's so much just pent up stress and yeah. it's like i mean i don't want to cry like anything like that but it's just so much stress and sometimes i really try to allow myself to cry yeah it's through achievements so if, if i achieve something like if i make a if i sell a painting for a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars or i just get something happens i'm like man that's that's the time to cry time you know I'm what i'm saying right. like what is crying gonna do for you yeah. In his moment, like, yeah. I mean, it's a stress reliever. Yeah, you know, it's good for you and all that good stuff. But that's why I just try to, like, let mm-hmm. the, the tears just go ahead and doom, doom, doom. Yeah. <sighs> all right. <laughs> What's yeah. up?
0: I'm glad that you spoke about mental illness. because we talk about that? Well, mental health more so. because we talk about that a lot on our show yeah. and forms of depression And you? And I'm glad that you're being very vulnerable about that because I think that's really big, especially in the black community, how we discuss that a lot. Or we should be talking about that more. How did you overcome your depression?
2: Man, so, I think even young, I was depressed, and sad to say, like, being different, being black and white, uh, you know, not being really able to fit in, you know, not being black enough or white enough, uh, it put me in some, like, dark spaces sometimes, like, even as a young kid, like, I thought about suicide, different ways to, like, kind of kill myself, yeah. and that kind of, like, really to escape. Until I actually got to college, and that's when I was, like, by myself. Like, no friends, no Mm -hmm. family, and stuff was just hard. I remember catching myself sometimes, like, in my best suit, sitting up on one of the highest ledges at school with a note in my pocket, just sitting on the ledge, just ready to pop off. And then out of nowhere, every time, somebody would call me, just be like, "Hey, what's up? What you doing? How you doing, man? Just want to catch up with you, type of stuff like saying that, moment. right? Mm-hmm. Right in the moment. So each time you know something like that happened, I take into reflection, you know, even throughout my life, you know, some of the injuries that I've had, and I'm like, well, there's clearly a reason why you're you're here. You know, you could have been killed so many times, uh, you know, with the incidents that you've been in." You know, even thinking about taking your life, in a sense, and to be a, to be stopped mm-hmm. by you know the universe, uh, that really kind of like told me, like you know, you, you need to like be more than depressed. You need to use this energy, and I had a focus before I got really into my art. Like mm-hmm. since I was such a passionate person, love was a big key component yeah. of my life so being with somebody was kind of important to me and the person mm. that I was with at the time was not uh not good for me okay. very uh poisonous and after kind of separated from her I just really just dove into my art and I was like you know art's not gonna cheat on me mm-hmm. art's not gonna leave me well, that's true I could stay up art all night you know, art's gonna pay me, you know, just different things, you know. I can I can do this yeah. all the time. So it's like instead of find, finding love in an individual, I found love in a craft. And that really helped me out of any like depressive thoughts. It's therapeutic. You know, it was very therapeutic, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, to this day, like I say, just creating art, if I feel like stressed about any type of anything, like I just it's work. You know, just just work, bro. You know, that's just gonna go away, or you gonna put it into a piece or something like. Yeah. But typically, like, I even like, like I said, I try to stay fun and light with my stories by like either dancing or just yeah. doing yeah. little skits. Just yeah. like keep it light, you know what I'm saying? Like because that allows me just to be myself, you know, to be the kid in me, to be goofy. You know what I'm saying? To be that ray of sunshine to somebody else who might need that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like, and I notice. Even when I was on shrooms, I felt that I was a, a catalyst, like I was an antenna. Like, if I took shrooms, people were going to feel those. Other people in that room, Yeah. if they didn't take it, they're still going to feel the effect of shrooms. Yeah. And it was just, like, weird. Every time I would do drugs, it's like, people who I'm talking to, not even in the same room, where I'm just having a conversation on the phone with, they start feeling that shit. Like, they're feeling a certain type of way. Like, they feeling my vibes. I know that my vibes, I can go into a... A place and I can change the whole energy of the place. Yeah. I can go in feeling shitty and with a straight face but people are going to feel them vibes. Yeah. yeah, And that's the thing like so I, I just again it's being aware mm-hmm. of who I am and the things that I can do and help people uh, it's kind of really like so- solidify that you know, being depressed is, doesn't help you in any kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Like seeing my mom depressed or my dad depressed from my mom being a, a successful single mom who works from home mm-hmm. to my dad who pretty much stays out on the street as a drag addict so it's just like you know seeing what the mental state how you handle it really you know shows who you are in your character because there's people who come out of really bad situations yeah yeah and they can be some of the most successful people yeah you know so again it's just like doesn't matter what's in your situation what's going on in your life i bet you somewhere some someone's feeling a little bit worse than you and their situation <laughs> is worse yeah you know you know i might not be able to pay rent next week but i'm not getting kicked out on the street or yeah. i ain't getting shot in the stomach i ain't getting robbed you know just yeah it's all about little perspective things. Mm-hmm. of things and if you can change your perspective you know the whole your whole life will definitely change like speaking out into existence of 2019 mm-hmm. year in, in advance it was just like man all of this is happening yeah and i'm speaking stuff out now so i can
0: are real. you know
2: for 2020 i'm like you know i want these contracts i want these deals so yeah. I, I want these residuals you know what i'm saying like that's how you. Get paid like that's how you get rich. Like Beyonce, like don't I want no check right now? I want your residual. I want a percentage of the company. You know what I'm saying? So again, it's all about your view, your mental health at that, and mental health is all about perspective.
0: Okay. You know what I'm saying? You
2: think you know someone might think oh like says autism like autism that's my superpower like it's all a perspective of everything. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I try to do is even with anybody who I meet, I try to change or widen their perspective of whatever topic they might be on or if they're interested in something.
3: <laughs>
0: Which is pretty cool. And speaking of, um, what is the legacy you want to leave behind when it's all said and done, besides dropping wonderful gems on our podcast? You know,
2: before even becoming an artist, I told my dad that I wanted to be a tra- traveling philosopher. Like, uh,
1: all coming full circle. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, uh, you know, somebody who is worship, uh, and that person who's worship, who's yeah. a traveling philosopher, is uh, Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus, yeah, J man, okay. if he ever even existed, but you know, uh, I wanted to be somebody who was like that because he wasn't a religious person mm-hmm. in a sense, he was just a spiritual person, he traveled all throughout Southern uh, Asia, East Asia, and also Africa, Northern Africa, Mm -hmm. and learned all these different things. He never set foot in Europe at all. That's the funny thing. He's worshipped all mainly throughout Europe, I mean across the world now, but, you know, it's all started in Europe. So, But in a sense, like I said, leaving something behind, like all, anybody who's a goat, you know, it's that. That legacy mark like what makes you different what makes you the best mm-hmm. and i wouldn't say i want to be like the best painter but more so the best artist because i don't see myself as just a painter i create and just about everything i've done clothes brands digital uh cooking i built stuff with my mm-hmm. bare hands um uh, I want to get into the technology field as well to innovate. Really, I wanted to create a foundation of innovation. Mm-hmm. So you could bring us a product and we'll make it better yeah. some type of way. The Midas touch. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I just want to be kind of seen as the one of the best innovators of this time. Cause I can tell you with the technology that's there right now, and the technology that will be there, I'm going to have my hands on that. Mm. And I'm going to be incorporating it in different ways to enhance. Yeah. Um, they say by 2043, we're going to be able to transfer the consciousness into, you know, AI systems. Really? Right. That's what they said. So, you know, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to get plugged in.
1: <laughs> Look at this I'm, one. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think how Little old I'm going to be at that hey, point. You're
2: going to be about 50-something, 50 50. you know what I'm saying? That's young, Hey, man, but, hey but guess Jay's what? Jay's you 50. just acquire so much knowledge and experience over that mm-hmm. time. When you yeah. get the transfer, and it's like, wow, Ultron. <laughs> Come on, man. Get with it. <laughs> Transcendence, baby. Joy-
0: Transcendence. <laughs> so, bringing it back in our most recent episode reform alliance we discussed the whole initiative by jay-z and meek mills in terms of helping people that are in prison systems and everything of that nature and they pledged to have 50 million to help remove people from the vicious cycle of parole and jail can you speak to the importance of this initiative and your thoughts on mass incarceration you did speak about your dad serving time so what is your take on that
2: well i definitely think it's important especially with individuals that don't have a violent criminal history you yeah. know mm-hmm. or especially for individuals that were charged for something that's almost uh as worse as heroin but not even on the same level as such as marijuana yeah uh, but at the same time it's kind of you have to go before all that releasing people back in and th- that whole stuff putting them in And while they're in is the most important part. It's what they're supposed to be doing while they're in jail. Rehabilitation. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, but that's not happening. That's not happening. happening. You know what I'm saying? You go to different countries, rehabilitation is a real thing, you know, to make prisoners better, individuals for society. Mm -hmm. They don't do that here in America. And, in fact, here in America, everybody is... Attuned to routine. Mm-hmm. If you're not an entrepreneur, you are a slave to routine. We crave routine. It's a sense of stability. When you have the routine down to an exact minute, for individuals that are very is very limited routine at that. That's all that they know. Mm-hmm. When you give them a blank piece of paper, them like what the hell is this yeah. they just gonna crumble it up and throw it away and what yeah. does that mean going back into the routine. exactly mm-hmm. so you have to kind of start with while they're in you know the whole gd programs and even work programs but the whole sense of them getting paid on pennies of the dollar mm-hmm. that's got to be different too you know Cause that's free slavery mm-hmm. yeah um and then even with them being released You know, that whole nobody wants to hire a convict, you know, that has to be changed. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there are a lot of programs that do hire ex-convicts and whatnot and individuals who do like giving those second chances as Mm -hmm. well. But again, it all starts from within the system. You can do only so much after the system, but like, how much can you? What can you really do with a broken vase? How much can you really put it back together? You especially know, especially
0: when you're not in a position of power to do so. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Thank Valid. you. Thank you, you. know, even seeing my 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 dad being an individual uh, who served time in jail, the penitentiary, mm-hmm. um, and the time that is taken away from him and him being released, uh, it just seems that. You know, he, he's never really been able to get his life together uh, since he's been released or even putting himself around the individuals that don't uplift him but yeah. just keep him down. So it goes back into even the environment that they're going back to, Yeah, you know, because, like I said, it, it stems way before even being in, put in jail. Yeah. It's the environment that we're placed in, The the reason why we get put into jail, it's all based on you know the society that we're living in to keep people of color into a certain place, yeah. either very poor uh controlled or worse dead,
0: yeah. And the reality is when they come back into society, if they have charges on their record, it's much more harder to get employment, which continues a further cycle of feeling depressed and also feeling like a failure. And then they end up going back into the system because of the three strikes rule too. So it comes full circle in that aspect. So I'm glad that you spoke to that, which is really cool.
1: I'm really happy you brought that point up because other places in the world, they actually rehabilitate. And here in our system it's the opposite people get dehumanized when they're right. in jail yep. and they come out usually worse off than they were when they went in so exactly Facts. definitely need a major change when it comes to that Um, So under the Trump administration, there's been an increase in hate related crimes. And the Senate actually recently passed a bill to make lynching a federal hate crime. And Congress also just passed the anti-hate resolution, which condemned anti-Semitism, racism and Islamophobia. Mm -hmm. So with all the divisiveness in our current political climate, can you speak to the unifying power of art?
2: So art in general, though, that's usually that was usually the tool to unify people, you know, it's the, the one of the biggest forms of communication. Mm-hmm. Not only art, but other art forms like music. Yeah, those are typically platforms for individuals to use to put out these messages of unity. Yeah, uh, togetherness. You know, when you have certain conscious rappers uh, who speak on unity or you know just keeping things together, but when you have certain individuals who who can <laughs> preach these. You know, these forms of unifying people, mm-hmm. through whether it's music, art, dance, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's very important. You know, it's been used all throughout time, even Pablo Picasso used yeah. forms of art to show unifying, you know, whether it was the war between Germany, the First World War, mm-hmm. uh, and then also... With Germany invading Spain, he he created pieces that, you know, would simplify. you know, people should come together. Even uh, Michael Jackson's song, Mm. We Are the World. Oh, we really. You know what I'm saying? These, you know, tools are definitely very important, especially when it's coming across message Again, because music and art are one of the biggest medias that mm-hmm. people bob marley yes one of the biggest ones you know yeah. what i'm saying like when it comes to one love you yeah know, right there yeah mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying we So i feel like we need individuals and practices crafts that show you know togetherness yeah nice
0: okay Well, I'm glad that you spoke to that pertaining to Michael Jackson and We Are the World. Um, You know, as of recent with the whole situation pertaining to R. Kelly and the documentaries and now they came out with Leaving Neverland pertaining to Michael Jackson and him molesting little boys, there has been a lot of heated discussions pertaining to separating the art from the artist. So can you let us know what your take on the debate about that and your thoughts on Michael Jackson and R. Kelly? Can you really separate the art from the artist?
2: Being an artist... And being a huge fan of Kanye West, mm-hmm. you have to separate the art. <laughs> oh, yes, when it comes to You have to, to separate the art from the artist, you know? And it's, uh, it's the thing, like, there's a lot of great individuals who've done a lot of great things, but we don't really take account into their personal life. We, we want to look at Woody Allen, who raised his yes. daughter to be his wife, mm-hmm. you know, or... Uh, Elvis Presley, who's had some 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 things that yeah. you know people Wait, don't talk about. You know what I'm saying? About. So it's just like certain things like mm-hmm. it's the agenda behind, you know, some of these things that I find that that don't sit right with me. You know the acts, like R. Kelly, like Man, I can't I can't say I'm with it. I can't say I'm against it because sometimes you gotta think the of the environment, you gotta think of the the time. That these things were happening and we were sociably accepted at certain points, you know, in society. They're not accepted anymore. You know, it's different. Whoa.
0: It was never accepted for grown men I to mean, have sex with teenagers.
2: I mean, mm. Now I mean, you had what uh, part of society and you know, because that's, that's, in America, people was getting wedded at teenage time. Young women were being wedded to grown men. That was that was a part of history. That was part of being married, you know. Like so, I said, it
0: was a part of history for a grown man to go to high school in the playground and large that. young girls and have his squad pick them up in the mall and slit.
2: He wasn't going of. to the I playground.
0: Want, oh, so you ain't see the doctor. He was going to the bike stand. <laughs> he Playground? You ain't. Did you watch the documentary? I ain't watched it. I ain't, ain't right, trying, so trying to. Go. I ain't so trying so to put
2: none of that negative stuff in my okay. head Like that's why I'm just like. I stuff. ain't like ah man. Like all right, all right. Kelly. <laughs> ah, we believe you can fly, man. I still. Not dang, not man, no like,
0: more. Dang, man. Like he just tried to hurt me. He clipped his wing. yeah hey, no, he
2: got he no. got clipped. So, I mean, mm-hmm. with Bill Cosby.
0: He behind bars. He behind bars, but
2: he never had no. There was no physical evidence to, to say. Hey, right, come on now, cause look, one more just let me let me put the thing in. <laughs> There's <laughs> like agendas. You, you
0: know what you sound like. Let me put the hat
2: in. <laughs> yeah, you know just, just let me just, put just, the tip in real tip. quick. Let's just <laughs> tip. Hold on. Let me give you the tip. Man. I know we ain't all <laughs> forgot about the, the, the program COINTELPRO. <laughs> cause oh. COINTELPRO still exists today. what, what what's that? I don't know. I've never heard of oh, that. Oh, man. So, COINTELPRO was uh, used by the FBI mm-hmm. to take out individuals in the black community that posed as a threat. Oh,
0: like Fred Hampton. Fred
2: Hampton, <laughs> okay. the Black Panthers, okay. Malcolm X, mm-hmm. Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. Malcolm X's son, Dr. CB. It goes on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, That's an FBI. There's, Yes, yeah, that's FBI yes, right there. Yes. That's not CIA. That's FBI. Mm-hmm. That was that was created by uh, Edgar Hoover. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we get all kinds of lessons in here. Huh? Yeah, I'm
2: <laughs> interested But don't get off the here. top of this. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, look, mm-hmm. look. I'm saying like fallen angels. With the whole Mike situation, I didn't watch Neverland, but I know for a fact there was a ten-page, I'm sorry, a ten-year investigation by the FBI with 366 pages of, you know, a report of, you know, the investigation of him sleeping with younger kids. Now, there's things that people acquire throughout time that people don't want you to acquire, like Bill Cosby. You know his house sat on a $100 million oil field? No, nah, he didn't know In the In 1995, they really wanted to buy that from him. Guess what happened a year later when he declined? His son died on the side of the road. They don't know how. Yeah, that happened. Guess what? He you know why they really tried to send him to prison. You know why they sent him to prison? Because he was trying to buy his own network. You know what network?
0: They said NBC. Yes, NBC. we're well aware of that. But that, but people keep saying that with the whole conspiracy thing. I was like, but that doesn't negate that he didn't do anything to third. But look, plus women, so though. the
2: women, like you said, oh yeah, we was at the Playboy Mansion. You was where?
0: Not all of them was there. Okay, I'm saying, but you <laughs> was was at you was at.
2: Club Fifty Four. You was at what? You so was where? So that means you
0: want to wake up with a man. I'm on, just on saying, top of like you, you put yourself in these positions.
2: Like men put themselves in positions too that that sometimes go sour. Like,
0: but I, they don't get raped as much as women do. They don't. They don't. They,
2: uh, okay. they don't. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That's why I'm saying, don't do drugs. Just know how to do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> you know
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just sitting back, just like yeah, I say. So I mean,
2: like I said uh, there's they agendas. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. that's. Like no Hugh Hefner, Hugh Hefner had a house full of...
0: We'll wait for his documentary to drop Don't women. negate the right of the black man that's doing I'm stuff just, to the community. You know? I,
2: I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I mean, Frank Lucas had a whole movie made out to him, American Gangster, but he, he was still looked at as an icon. Mm-hmm. Even though he was poisoning in the community. But you community. think R.
0: Kelly and Michael Jackson is still an icon of people in the black community? They still are, despite what's coming out the new developments. They're just not my yeah. icons at this point. I moment.
2: mean, R. Kelly, I was never really a fan of R. Kelly like that. You know oh, what I'm saying? okay. So that's why I'm just like, ah. Right. Oh. But Michael, though. Mm. <laughs> you still Everybody loves love, little, little Michael.
3: <laughs> Michael,
0: growing up, everybody loves
2: little love Michael, mm. Little Michael. Oh, my dog's a Michael. <laughs> Who the nose? Michael. Black, Black
3: Michael <laughs> the Afro,
2: but that's yeah, you probably have some mental health, you know, issues that. Uh, when it comes to an individual, there's a lot of things that can mess a person up, build a person up, and when you're putting it into a spotlight, there's so little that you can probably even do about it, only but get worse. Yeah. You know, and like but I said, I don't, that aspect. I don't want to take. No sides.
0: Oh, we not doing that. I'll take all I'll right. take sides on the next one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But
2: as far as Michael, I still, he's still bad. <laughs> not to me. He's still bad.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Guess we agree to disagree on
1: that one.
2: That's uh-huh. all right.
0: It's Gucci.
1: So... We recently entertaining. So we recently just had our first unapologetic art expo, which we put on to highlight the works of people in color and really allow them to take back that narrative. So the event was a tribute to black excellence with the Black owned Gallery, Spirits, Artists, and catering. Can you describe what black excellence means to you and also can you speak to the importance of art in the black community, especially to young children?
0: So I a genius.
2: So black excellence is uh, is every day, you know, a black person is walking in America. Black excellence is any black person uplifting themselves. Black excellence is anytime uh, a black person. i taking
0: you seriously, but you going like I'm getting so much <laughs> from this interview right now. Just like, yo, I feel like I'm watching a documentary. <laughs> and I'm continue.
2: Shit, I might no, need to tell. No, seriously, you're uh, you're
0: really enlightening. I'm not gonna lie. You
3: know,
2: like I said, black excellence is anything that you can be proud of. You know, appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you're doing it for yourself, you're doing it for somebody else, you're doing it for the community. Um, like I said, we try to like say black excellence like it has to be a certain level of something Uh, but really it's just doing what you're supposed to do you know what i mean it's doing what you're supposed to do with the best intentions with your full heart into it you know Mm -hmm. uh like this right here is black excellence what we're doing you know we're talking about topics in the community we're talking about uh this different things but we're doing it together as a collective you know and we're doing it on a platform at that that's mm-hmm. black excellence um and as far as I, when i mentioned you know when it comes to black imagery black imagery is very important especially when it comes to being put in your community you don't want to see white jesus at the church mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh. Like what? but that's still that's still happens though you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah. that's the imagery that we we don't really take them into account and it's like the simple things like even putting like murals of uh great individuals like martin luther king or malcolm x or uh frederick Douglass or marcus garvey or like mm-hmm. just uh different individuals like even michelle obama just having her up like just showing black individuals black excellence you know those are gonna uplift people like yeah. i can be more than just this, you know, I can be this. I can be that. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying you want to give people the chance to see themselves as, you know, whatever it may be. You don't want to have them like, oh, this is all you can do. You can only maybe do ball. You can only rap. Now everybody yeah. like Obama said. Now everybody got a shot like LeBron. Mm-hmm. Now everybody can spit like Lil Wayne. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. So you got to find different avenues to see yourself excellent. And you know, media and society says that we can only really be excellent in Rapping or sports yeah. You know what I'm saying It doesn't really give us The credit of Inventing mm-hmm. <laughs> We invented America And dang near everything In America mm-hmm. So it's like They don't want you To see certain things uh, You know One of the first Black female million- millionaires Madam CJ Walker mm-hmm. You know or even Oprah Winfrey Being the first Black billionaire mm-hmm. You know Woman billionaire Or even Accrediting Mansa Musa one of the wealthiest men of all time, mm-hmm. uh, the Mali empire. Yeah. So it's like, you got to kind of know where you're, you're coming from or individuals, yeah. you know, who've done something like that to like put yourself to see yourself and uh, being able to do that as well. Uh, like I said, black imagery is very important. Seeing ourselves in a positive light mm-hmm. other than what society wants us to see each other as, or, uh, even other countries, because if you talk to, like, people directly from Africa, they do not have that connection with African-Americans, mm-hmm. you know? They, yeah. They're they not really, like, Mm-mm. Yeah. You know, with my uh, interactions with uh, Africans, I find them very intelligent, especially mm-hmm. Nigerians. Whew, man, they is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but, like I said, when I talk to them, it's like they have a kind of a notion of African Americans are just yeah. because of what media mm-hmm. shows them so again by putting positive black imagery you know in the communities or even around the world yeah can allow us to like really uplift each other nice
1: cool. thank you thank you
0: thank you so much hey. <clears throat>
1: um that was a great way to end off the show oh, you had one more you had
2: one For more that was the last one no nah, it was mm-hmm. one more it was uh what, what was about it. jesse uh General Justice for Jesse. <laughs> 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 the only reason why I bring this up uh, because I've actually worked with Jesse before. Okay. So like I know his character and I I I I've worked with them and I can't see him in any kind of way trying to set this stuff up or, you know, for it to be like a scheme or something like and the fact the way that you know, Chicago police has yeah tried to execute it so fast and swiftly they have a suspect history and that's that you know when you, when people try to like elongate try to shut something down yeah. so fast that means not nah, something's not right,
3: yeah
2: you know when they don't want you to like really look at the facts or really investigate mm-hmm. it's like okay. No, nah, that's not right I'm Set glad you
0: spoke to that because I was here talking about it previously too about I was saying that I believe him and I stand and support him and I want to follow it all the way through now they they have like 16 indictments against right. him and I think it's bullshit but yeah. um, it's way how the media is like changing it exactly. around and, it's, and it's this same precinct is when I was behind Laquan McDonald's murder and they actually try to cover that up so I right. saw that and how people are reacting to it
2: the <clears throat> internet is cold
0: yeah very much so <clears throat> So we gonna end on that, now. Right. Well, at least we agreed on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: That's
0: what you trying to.
2: Get. I told you I was gonna take West Side. I was gonna take West Side at least. <laughs> That's funny.
1: Um, can you let our fans know, well, and the listeners of the show, where can they find you and just connect with you?
2: Of course. So I'm pretty good with DMs. You know what I'm saying? You can DM me. I'm not gonna be like, uh, nah. And I'm, I'm not that busy. Ladies. You know what I'm saying? But as far as like trying to contact me, uh reach me through my uh instagram which has my email on there it's mad king m-a-d-d-k-y-n-g that's it you know what i'm saying just hit me up any type of way whether it be art you got questions about anything in life i try to pride myself to be very knowledgeable about things so you know (laughs) if you need something uh as far as a question i'm more than willing to answer them got a question about like how do you paint something a certain type of way like yo i'm definitely that guy i'm not going to say go youtube it or bob ross it you know i'll, I'll try to help y'all with the technique you know what i'm saying?
3: Yo.
0: That's great.
1: That's great. Well, we really appreciate you <laughs> coming yes. on the show. Yes. Clearly, like we, are, the listeners heard,
0: and we got our
3: painting.
0: Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you for that. Most definitely,
1: one on Wow, that's we keeping that coach We pain. really appreciate <laughs> that. We're gonna have to talk about that. All <laughs> <laughs> right, um, that. but yeah, it's been amazing, and we're really glad to have you. And hopefully we can make it work with your schedule to have you in our next show because your work is just dope. The Golden Goose.
0: Great spirit energy. Love the vibe. One of the best interviews we had. Thank you so much. Hands down. Hands down. All the way from H-Town.
1: Yes, sir. So once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Make sure if you haven't done so already, you purchase that unapologetic ringtone playing all silky smooth in your ears. For Android users, you can do it at the Tune Store and Apple users, you can do it at the iTunes Store. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at unapologeticd underscore. And you can make donations to our Patreon account by searching unapologetically different. And finally, all of our shows are available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher by searching unapologetically different. Stay tuned for our next episode.
3: Bye.
2: Peace.